have one of my gorgeous friends on today to talk with us about her health story. And her name is also Maddie. So <laughs> hello, guys. <laughs> Good name. Yeah. <laughs> so Mads, do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. So my name is Madeline or Maddie for short, as the other Maddie just said. <laughs> Um, I'm currently in my last year of my nursing degree. Not really sure what I hope to go into yet, but um, at the moment I'm really enjoying the mental health aspect of nursing. Or I could see myself potentially in paediatrics oncology, but we'll see where the year goes, I suppose. That's awesome. But yeah, yeah, I live in Brisbane and yeah. <laughs> and you just finished your um your prac for nursing, hey? Yeah, so I actually just finished my mental health placement today, which went for four weeks. It was really like a really good placement. I really enjoyed it, but it did obviously take its toll, I feel, you know, because with mental health, it is something that is becoming a larger topic of conversation amongst anything and everything. Yeah. Um, so it's really important to acknowledge mental health and everything that uh, <laughs> and everything that comes with it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I was in the trauma and dissociation unit of the hospital that I was at and that is something that really interests me, I guess, because I myself, like, have my own trauma, I yeah. guess, like, Everyone has their own trauma to a certain degree. But, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. It is definitely really draining because you're consistently filling up everyone else's cups. And sometimes mm. I guess there's, like, not enough to fill up your own yeah. at the end of the day. So it can become really, um, I don't know, just really confronting and, and draining. And draining, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, it's it's all done and I've That's finished amazing. that one. Yeah. Good job. I'm so <laughs> Thank proud of you. you. <laughs> well, I've asked Maddie to bring an affirmation or a quote with her today. So do you want to tell us what you chose? Okay, well, the affirmation that I bought isn't very long. That's fine. But I feel like it's, like, to the point and straightforward. Um, the one I've picked is, or well, it says, I'm enough exactly as I am. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think it's really cute. Tell me what you think of that, like, when you hear that quote. Well, the reason I picked this affirmation, personally, because I grew up in a family which has very high expectations. And with high expectations, I feel there's, I don't know, a lot of pressure to be, you know, this perfect person or human being. Mm. And, you know, you're constantly in a cycle of, you know, self-doubt, because, you know, you worry you're going to fail or let them down or, or let people down and just not be successful. So you're consistently, you know, anxious and worried that being you is not enough. But, yeah, I guess this card just symbolises, you know, to just be your true, authentic self, you know, no matter the pressure or the expectation um, and that you're your, your own unique version of you and no one else can be that. Yeah, absolutely. And in this, like, day and culture... Everything happens so quickly and patience is, like, not a thing anymore. And mm. so we feel like everyone, like, we need to be perfect. Everything we do yeah. needs to be perfect and happen now. But knowing that, like, yeah, you're enough, you're okay, you're, you're having a human experience, like, 
yeah take a deep breath you're okay and people who love you will love you for who you are Mm -hmm. you know exactly it still seems like such a taboo to talk about periods or even say the word so I kind of want to make it just a something that everyone on here discusses Mm -hmm. you know it's a period it's normal (laughs) and yeah and for any listeners who aren't sure that they are having a normal period or like Mm -hmm. if theirs was really weird or different someone else's they might be able to relate so yeah tell me about what yours was like um well I first had my well I had my first period at the age of 13 or 12 actually I'm not either one of those yeah actually I think it was 12 but I remember I was at my grandma's house and (laughs) I had like back pain and like a bit of a sore stomach and Mm. I couldn't really I just thought maybe I was you know starting to get sick or I'm not sure I just couldn't really work it out obviously because I hadn't experienced a period yet so I went to the bathroom like normal (laughs) sat down and I looked down and realized that I'd had my period oh surprise (laughs) yeah (laughs) um (laughs) I actually called out to my grandma my mum wasn't there at the time she I think was either outside or she had gone somewhere that day and that's why I was at my grandma's but I you know called out to my grandma and I told her to come in she poked her head in and I told her I got my period <laughs> and <laughs> you know she came in with this big fat pack <laughs> <laughs> it was like oh. huge, like nothing like you've ever seen before. Okay. <laughs> but, A nice know. scary fat. <laughs> I was excited to get my period until I saw that thing come in the door. But <laughs> uh, you're like, I don't have to wear this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I kind of wish I sucked it back up at that yeah. point. But <laughs> uh, anyway, well, that's all they had back in those days. I don't think. Well. My grandma hadn't had a period since she was God knows how old. Yeah. Um. So years and years and years ago, and I think that pad, if it was out, <laughs> might have been out of date if that's a thing. But <laughs> um, uh, but pad um, from the seventies. Yeah, it was it was very outdated. But I mean, I was just grateful that you know I could share that first experience with her. Um, and that's she was cool. really supportive and um, you know, really helpful during that uncertain time I yeah, suppose I like that yeah um I was so excited to have it because I just felt like that was like the start of a womanhood yeah <laughs> I don't know if that's what you call it but yeah. I felt like a big girl now even though some periods aren't fun to have mm-hmm. but still it was on the right road yeah, <laughs> I, I suppose yeah yeah and then my mum came home and I told her and then we went to the shops and we bought, like, a sanitary bag and, like, yeah. some tampons and some pads and everything so I could have my own little bag. And I just felt so special to have this little bag that I could put in my other bag now. I love it. And then we got Donut King and a oh, <laughs> vanilla milkshake and a donut. Yum. Because I had my first period. So that oh, was fun. I really like that. <clears throat> um, Like, your mum kind of took you out to, like, celebrate, kind of. Yeah. And be like... This is a good thing. Yeah. 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 Instead of being like, oh, no, like, you got a period. Yeah. No, mm. it was it was a positive time. That's I great. Guess. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, I didn't feel embarrassed or anything. But, yeah, no, it was, it was good. And how has your period kind of been since you first got it? My period has always been quite heavy. 
although I have been on contra- like many, many, many forms of contraception, whether that's, you know, countless types of the contraception pill or injections, the Implanon, and none of that really worked for me. And when I spoke to my mum more about that, she um, had told me that when she was my age, it didn't really work for her either. So I guess okay. it kind of runs in the family, I suppose, or yeah. I kind of take after her in that way. I get bad back pain, mm. like for me anyway, and bad cramps. I feel like my, you know, when I've spoken to other friends about periods, my periods last a little bit longer than some of theirs. Not mm. too much longer, but still. How long do yours usually last? It depends. I've had a period last for two weeks. Mm, wow. Yeah. But also I've been on, you know, contraception that hasn't worked. And with the Implanon, I had my period for eight weeks at the oh end and then I got it removed and now I'm not <sighs> on any form of contraception and wow. I'm just flowing on my own. Do you like not being on any contraception? Yeah, I do actually like not being on contraception, although obviously for the contraception well, part, I mean, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that part, but you know, I feel like it's it's good not being on any contraception. Does your body feel a bit better? Yeah, it feels a bit better. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like it feels a lot clearer and just like, yeah, I'm not really sure how to describe that. Just but... a bit more you. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> Matt's here today. Obviously, we talk about periods a lot on this podcast, but we talk about all sorts of women's health issues. And today, Maddie's going to talk about her story with mental health. So do you want to kind of tell me where um, this journey for you began? I feel like I've always been an anxious person. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, I have anxiety, if you didn't pick up by the jury voice. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I have anxiety. When did you kind of first notice that you had anxiety? Was there like a big moment that occurred for you and then you talked about it with someone and they were like, oh, that's anxiety? Or did you kind of just uh, figure it out by yourself? Well, oh, I think I think I kind of figured it out by myself because I became aware of like noticing that I was always thinking about things and, you know, thinking too heavily into things that didn't need that kind of attention and, you know, worrying about things that didn't need to be worried about and worrying about the future and things that haven't even happened. And I, I guess I was just sick of being like that and that's when I kind of realised, oh, that's probably, like, anxiety. You know right. what I mean? yeah. But also I think when um, I first really kind of identified that was when I finished grade 12 and, you know, the stresses of having to pick a degree and put your big pants on and yeah. kind of, you know, work out what you want to do with the rest of your life. That was like a big, you know, contributor. (laughs) That was a big contribution to how I was feeling and it really exacerbated how I was feeling at that point in time. Well, there's there's a massive step. There's no real smooth path from finishing grade 12 to then going into like, you know, the real world. So much that you can be anxious about, like job, what uni you want to... Yeah, and especially because, like as I was saying before... You know, there's, like, so much pressure. And in my family, they had super high expectations of me and still do to this day. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And they expected me to, you know, pick a degree straight from 
school and I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like mm. I had no idea. I just studied for 12 years, like, you know, the majority of us. Yeah. And I just needed like a break. I just needed some time to really like, you know, think and figure out what I wanted to do with myself and what yeah. was best for me. That's um, when you first kind of noticed the anxiety. Yeah. Well, well, I just picked a degree purely out of like thin air mm-hmm. just because, you know, that was really to make my parents happy. And at that point in time, I realized I kind of like lost a lot of motivation. I wasn't performing as, you know, well as I know I was capable of. Yeah. But I but I knew that I, I wasn't just being lazy or anything like that. It was more things that were going on inside that were making me, you know, react or respond that way. Yeah, that was very like overwhelming. And then, yeah, I just wasn't performing as as well as I could have been and it got to a point where I was, you know, some failing some classes and you know, not wanting to go and also at that point in time I had insomnia. So there was like a lot of internal things that were coming up for me. Yeah. But I wasn't really addressing them if that makes sense. I just kind of felt like like what's wrong with me? I didn't really want to sit there and kind of deconstruct what was going on really because that can be painful too yeah it can definitely be very confronting and painful I was hardly sleeping at all it would be very rare for me to sleep two nights in a row or even like a full night really because my sleep was so bad and I just would either wake up consistently or just wake up and not be able to get back to sleep or not even sleep were you waking up with anxious thoughts See this, yeah, like I I went through a period where I was actually scared to go to sleep. Oh. And I don't know why, but I would get so like nervous and anxious to go to sleep that I think I just wouldn't go to sleep. Mm. And I'd be like scared. I don't don't know why. I I still haven't worked it out. But I'd be so scared that it got to a point where I'd have to like go and lie on my parents' bedroom floor and like sleep there because I felt like unsafe or... I wasn't sure, you know, what was going on, but I feel like maybe there was just so much going on inside that it was just, like, terrifying me and, you know. To kind of be stuck with yourself and your thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it it was like there was, you know, a lot of, I don't know, a lot of shit. (laughs) Someone was just, like, banging on the door, like, trying to come out, if that makes sense. But, like, I kind of was trying to keep that door closed almost. Yeah, because, like, if you open it up, it'll it'll come flooding out. It's like a Pandora box. Yeah. I'm spilling out. Yeah, that that went on for months, that period of my life where I just, like, couldn't sleep, but, like, at all really in my room. Yeah. And it wasn't even just my room. It was just, like, sleeping on my own because I'd just have so many thoughts running through my head that I'd, I'd, I don't know, I just would be too scared to go to sleep. And I'd, if I did end up falling asleep, I'd wake up in a panic and, like, be sweating because... And I'd have nightmares as well, and it would just be a lot of, like, crap. But I'm out of that phase, which is good. Yay, I'm so glad. Yeah, thank God. I dropped out of uni for a bit just to work and just kind of gather myself and just to, you know, have some time to work out what I really wanted to do in uni because it was, you know, a waste of money and a waste of time. Me sitting in a degree that I wasn't ready to commit to yet or that I wasn't even interested in. And um, that was when I had gone into teaching, which I would do now that I'm, you know, a little, you know, out of that time of my life. Yeah, your head's clearer. Mm, but back then it wasn't the right timing, I suppose. And I think you're meant to be a nurse. You're amazing. And you're, oh, thanks. <laughs> you're a very good carer. And <clears throat> the fact that you've had, like, this experience yourself 
you're so mm. easily able to relate to your patients when they have things like anxiety, yeah, especially sure. in a hospital because mm. <laughs> either having surgery or they're going through. Yeah, that can be quite stressful for a lot of people. Yeah, so someone that can empathise, like that's the type of person you want to look after you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I hope I'm okay. <laughs> you will be. <laughs> um, what, <clears throat> what helped you kind of get out of that? phase in your life was there anything or anyone that kind of pulled you out of it or was it just over a period of time they kind of learned a few things and sifted through some emotions well I just got to a point where I was sick of feeling that way and I just like wanted better for myself I suppose so I went to the doctors and then I kind of had avoided the doctors or maybe not avoided I just hadn't even considered the the doctors sorry but yeah, I went to the doctors and I spoke to them because, um, you know, I wasn't sleeping and I was, you know, just not feeling myself. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't feeling, you know, top game, if that makes sense. Yeah, and they spoke to me about it and they dove a little deeper and, you know, brought up a lot of things to the surface, which I didn't even, I guess, realise at that point in time were there, yeah. lying in the shadows, if that makes sense. Yeah, then, you know, she told me that, you know, I do have, a, she clarified that I had anxiety was that good for you? Like someone clarifying what this was happening in your <clears> life, <throat> that it was anxiety? Yeah, I think I think it was good because it made me aware that I had that and, it, you know, made me know, oh, well, you know, this is why yeah. I'm feeling this way. You're or not, like, this, you know, I'm not just crazy or I'm not just feeling like, you know, making things up or, yeah. you know, I don't know. Yeah, it was good, I guess, hearing that because I could then be aware of it and do something about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so what did she kind of get you to do? Well, she actually put me on some antidepressant, which I was on for two years. And I did feel like they helped, but it it does, it is like a Band-Aid effect. Like yeah. it is covering up, you know, whatever's making you feel that way. Yeah, there's still a cause yeah, to just, your feelings. Yeah, it's just stabilising, you know, your mood, I suppose, and, you know, the thoughts and, you mm. know, the negative parts of that experience, I guess. But it's really not solving what is underlying or yeah. under that Band-Aid. But with that, I did also see a psychologist because they they tried to um, put you on medication and see a psychologist. So you're dealing with the issues, but also helping you feel in a better mental state. That's, that's really good. Time. Yeah. And I did find that psychologist did help. I was at a different psychologist back then to who I'm with now. But yeah, no, I did find that the psychologist help, helped. It may, it makes you like sit there and think and really like bring out things that you didn't even know were there and really confront them. And it is like a tough and difficult time doing that. But yeah, I don't know. It needs to be done in yeah. order to grow. Do you feel like for anyone who's listening, it is an important thing to do? Like to go and see a psychologist, do you feel like that helped you kind of pull you out of what you were going through? I definitely think psychologists are helpful because some of, you know, I'm sure a lot of us, you know, have friends and family who we can support, you know, who we Mm. can rely on for support. But there's also some people that don't have that, that don't have friends or family that they can lean on. So going to a professional, like, you know, a psychologist is always a good way because if you're not comfortable to even speak to your family or friends, you can speak to this professional who has to keep everything confidential and is yeah. giving you advice based on their learning and, you know, mm. everything to do with psych and every, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's, 
a non-judgmental space. It's a safe space where you can talk about things. And I think the more that you bottle things up and not speak about it, the worse it is. Yeah. But as soon as you kind of release, you know, whatever's going on and speak about it and acknowledge that it's there, the more that you can, you know, the quicker you can move on or the quicker you can treat it and hopefully get better. And during like this time in your life where anxiety was really like consuming you, was there any triggers? Yeah. Um, and are you better with those triggers now? I think it's an everyday process. You know, it, it takes time. It's not something that will just be dealt with in one day. It does take time. Like for me personally, I felt, you know, I, I grew up with some trauma in my family and I think being around although that trauma doesn't really exist anymore and but it still happened though like you know it's it's not just because it doesn't happen now or today doesn't mean you should just forget it happened and not acknowledge that it's there and like it hasn't affected you no like it's it's, it's in cement like it happened it's not gonna you know it doesn't just magically go away Mm. And that happening during developmental years. Exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like when you're a child, all of those negative emotions or negative, you know, experiences, they really stick. Yeah. And, you know, when you're a child, you know, sometimes you can't really deal with that trauma. So you store it away and then you kind of, that trauma kind of pops out when your body feels it's ready to kind of address it or when you're at an age where it thinks now it's time to look at this. And, you know, it's, it's kind of shitty because, you, you know, sometimes you're having a good old time and then it, like, comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But, yeah, triggers that arise for me. Well, the trauma that I experienced involves, like, you know, a family member of mine and they were, you know, the person that caused a lot of stress and within our family. And, all, you know, as I was saying before, although that trauma doesn't really exist anymore mm. and doesn't really play out today... You know, I still live at home with this family member. So occasionally, you know, I do get triggered because, you know, I'm not going to forget that whatever's happened has happened. Even though, like, a lot of people say, oh, you know, once something's happened, just, like, leave it in the past and move forward. It's like, not I, that easy. No, it's not that easy, when it, especially when it comes to trauma and, like, mental health kind of issues. Sorry, I'm not, like, dying. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, I feel like my throat is, like, dry and I can't, That's like, okay. swallow. Well... If you want me to just give you a little bit of time for your throat. To oh, it's relax. not going to get better. <laughs> that's, that's, that's also... I'm a, not, like, I'm not, like, dying over here or anything or uncomfortable. Okay. I'm just, like, because I'm talking so much, it's, like... Yeah, and sometimes, random fact in Chinese medicine, our throat is related to our liver and our liver looks after emotions such as depression and anxiety oh, and great. lots of like, <laughs> lots of like resentment and like it holds on to stuff so the channel actually comes in through our throat so when we talk about things <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and um and release them it can kind of seize up so it's just mm. it's just our body's reaction yeah to it. but talking about yeah shit. Tr- tr- <laughs> yeah literally shit and I, I get like that too. And I notice that my throat like cramps up when I when I get upset. Mm, it's really human body. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but now that happened in the past, there's still residue left from yeah. that. And, and I think there always will be. Yeah. No matter how good or how bad it is. But one thing I personally find with my trauma is I react and become emotional. Like, you know, the memories Mm. or flashbacks they come in waves so for example 
I'll be good for two weeks and I'll be really happy in, in a good way. And then my family member might, you know, just do the smallest thing. You yeah. might just even be breathing. You might just, br- <laughs> they might just breathe and it'll like annoy me. Yeah. And I know phases come and go. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm aware that I have my good weeks and then something shifts and then I get in a way where I get really agitated and I get really annoyed and frustrated and emotional. Like I'll be on the verge of tears at any given moment because I'm, you know, bottling, I feel like I'm bottling so much up even though, you know, I'm not bottling it up. But yeah. there's just so much still you just that need needs. to let it out. Yeah. Mm. It's quite upsetting or I feel quite guilty because I feel like I do get a little bit frustrated with this family member, even if they're trying their best. And, you know, I feel guilty because, you know, I don't want to make them feel a certain type of way and I don't want them to feel like crap and I don't, you know, want to upset them. But, you know, I'm going through the process right now of dealing with this trauma. Yeah. And it's ongoing and it'll come to an end eventually, but I've really, I've still got some work to do. And they have to understand too that you are processing this And not to feel like, oh, it's my fault kind of thing, but to just acknowledge that you might need a bit of time and this is a moment where you need understanding and time Mm. to process what happens. So, yeah. yeah, It's hard sometimes. You know, it'll get better. It will. And from knowing you for like a couple of years, you have definitely grown so much in your confidence and, Mm. yeah. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, you have in your confidence and just the way that you hold yourself so Everything you're doing is is working and other people can see it. And you're such a bright, bubbly person that I love being around mm. and I love it when you feel, like, comfortable to kind of let that show. Yeah, it's hard. I'm yeah. having heart palpitations at the moment. But... <laughs> All right, I'm just going to have to talk about it. No, I, have <laughs> no it, I mean, it's good to talk about it. It's, you know, it, it makes it hard when you don't talk about it because then you're just sitting in – you know, with you have all these feelings and emotions inside, just sitting there, and eventually they're going to come out. So yeah. if you can try and address issues at the time that you're feeling it, rather than keeping it in and biting your tongue, it's I feel personally a better a better approach than just bottling it in because otherwise yeah. you explode. Yeah, and then it's a, you know a huge scenario or a huge scene that you yeah. cause, which is okay. You're allowed to have moments like that where you explode and let it all out but personally I've found that you know I need to just talk about it when I'm feeling that way rather than sitting there and just trying to keep calm and trying to keep cool and yeah you know because then holding on to those emotions and those thoughts that also triggers anxiety Mm. like not having it sorted out or or I find that with myself I want to sort it out straight away or if I have a a disagreement or a certain feeling towards something and I'm not comfortable I want to talk about it get it over and done with let's move on (laughs) yeah because otherwise you sit there and you make you yeah as you said more make yourself more anxious because you think of it in your head over and over and over and think of different scenarios and how you know you could deal with it or and then Mm. it just gets blown out of proportion it's been made into something it shouldn't be yeah just be you know so what do you do now to help yourself and how are you dealing with your emotions I you know I feel like at the moment I'm in a good place yeah like as I was saying before it comes in phases for me but at the moment I'm not going through that struggle which is nice yeah <laughs> nice to have a break um I definitely went through a bit of a phase while I was at placement and I think that could be a whole mixture of things you know obviously 
being at placement however many hours a day. And as I said earlier, like, you know, filling up everyone else's cup and Mm. then feeling, you know, letting my emotions all bottle up a lot during that phase. And I think that's why I had a not a big explosion, but I let it out quite. Yeah, proudly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. And also, you know, being in a mental health hospital at that point, you know, you're dealing with everyone else's mental health, yet you have to kind of push your mental health to the side, Mm. which is fine because, you know, that's what you kind of, that's what I'm, why I'm becoming a nurse, like trying to put other people before you or you're trying to help help other people. But then, you know, it gets to the end of the day and you're too tired to look after you. So that was, um, I did have a phase during my time at placement because there was just so much going on and not enough time to really sit and look after me. So the anxiety that you've been through in your early adult life, has that affected you in any other ways and has that caused any other health issues? Um, Yeah, so anxiety causes like a lot of things. It makes you doubt so much. So yeah, the anxiety has caused, or like, you know, the trauma has caused, you know, more health issues for me. For the last two years, I've actually had um, an eating disorder, um, which is bulimia, if everyone is aware of what that means. Um, It can mean many different things for many people, but my version is binge eating Mm -hmm. and purging. And it's something I'm very proud of, may I add, but... But, Maddie... (laughs) (laughs) I don't want you to self-criticize now because like yeah yeah but this this is something you're going through mm. like we all have moments that we're not proud of but this is your body's way that it's that it has tried to deal with things and mm. even though it may not be the healthiest way it's not like you've automatically chosen that it's like oh yeah, mm. this will be a great way to deal with it yeah yeah so no self-criticism yeah <laughs> okay I'll behave. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so so you have been struggling with bulimia for the past two years. Yeah, so at the start, I didn't really think anything of it, to be honest. My Like another family member of mine was going through something similar, I suppose. And I feel like, but probably a bit more complex than what I'm saying, but we both, I think, had a bit of like an eating disorder, bulimia type. And I think they they both started around the same time. How um, old were you? Probably 23. Yeah, probably 23. And I think, I, I don't know, I can't really, I don't really know how it started really. Like, I think it just, it just started happening. And I'm, I don't know, like, I'm not sure. I just, well, while I was on placement, I did learn that, that eating disorders are a form of self-harm, which yeah. I wasn't really aware of or didn't really consider it that. Yeah. But seeing it like that or seeing it in that light is quite confronting because, you know, you don't want to harm your body. But it, I, I guess for me, bulimia at that point in time was like making me not feel good, I wouldn't say, but it, it numbed me for a little bit, if that makes sense. Yeah, it was uh, your sort of coping mechanism. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, how it's a coping mechanism, I'm not completely sure because it's really not doing any good for you at all. Yeah. It's just making, you know... What comes with bulimia or, you know, any eating disorder is, you know, heaps of hair loss. Yeah. Like, my hair is so thin. <laughs> my hair's thin enough as it was to yeah. begin with. <laughs> but heaps of hair loss, you know, a decline in, like, oral health. It was 
what made me feel better at that point in time. Yeah, I guess it just kind of distracted me from what was really going on. Were you worried about the way that people saw your like physical my body, body image? And yeah, your like body that? image, yeah. Um, yeah, that definitely came into account. I feel like the eating disorder kind of started um, mainly as, you know, a coping mechanism for the trauma. Mm-hmm. And then I think it kind of like mixed in with, like it started to affect me in other ways. Like I started to more look at my body image. Yeah. And if I'd eat food or a lot of food, then I'd feel really guilty because I'd think, oh, like I'm going to get fat or people, you know, are going to judge me for that. So, mm-hmm. and that's like another thing I don't want on top of my list so then you know the purging kind of comes into play but yeah like the the binging is more like an emotional comfort sort of response like you know when you're feeling like down or you know you're not feeling too good about yourself or you're going through you know an emotional time you know sometimes food is like good like sometimes it's good to just sit, you know watch Netflix in your pajamas and yeah. like eat some like yeah shitty food but mine became like a bit more than that yeah you know, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. I wasn't sitting there enjoying the food, enjoying yeah. each bite. Like you felt guilty for each each bite that you took. Yeah, and I'd eat it really quick and then I would get rid of it really quick. Yeah. So I never, I didn't even really enjoy the process of eating it yeah. or even getting full. Like I'd eat so much because I'd, I'd eat it so fast and I wouldn't get full until after it was all eaten. And then I'd feel so bad for eating it. So then I would get rid of it. So, I don't know, it's just a bit of a toxic process, but, you know, it happens to the best of us. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for, like, sharing that because there's so many people that I'm sure are going through a very similar Mm. thing. How are you coping at the moment with your eating disorder? I feel like my eating disorder is a lot more in control than it once was. Um, I feel like I would purge or go through this process nearly every day wow. for a while there and like sometimes a few times a day um so it wasn't just like a random occurrence where well it started as a random occurrence mm-hmm. and then I think I re- I got more into the habit of using that and then it became more often and then it came every day and it happened you know a couple of times a day and then you know I realized my energy was really like shot and I you know, was starting to lose hair and I, my, you know, I had brain fog and I just wasn't, you know, I guess performing as well as I could be. And that's when I kind of realized, well, actually I realized that it was a bit of a problem because no one really knew and I was feeling like shit and I felt like I was stuck and I couldn't get myself out of it. And I knew I had to like tell someone about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because otherwise if I didn't tell anyone, I could just keep doing it. And it wouldn't ever get better. And it's it's really, like, hard to get out of, like, an eating disorder. Yeah. Because, you you know, you adapt to using that method to get rid of food or to, you know, instead of just going for a walk and burning off some calories or, you know, in a healthy way, not over-exercising yes. or anything. Yeah. Yeah, you, you adapt to doing that to yourself and then that's your new habit. And it's, like anything, hard to get out of a habit. Of, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What was the first step for you getting out of it? You said you started talking to someone. Yeah. Was so, that a friend or a professional? Um. Well, I did tell a few friends and then, yeah, I started seeing a psychologist and then eventually I told my mum. Yeah. I actually didn't tell my mum until not long ago. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's huge. But, man. yeah, no, it's good because now I'm, like, held con- accountable for it. And um, what did how did your mum respond I was actually very scared to tell my mum because, you know, I love my mum 
the bits. Well, I love everyone in my yeah. family, but, you know, you don't want to disappoint her. And once again, yeah, it comes mm. plays into that fear of letting people down and not yeah. being good enough. Yeah. And so that takes a lot of fucking courage mm. to do that. So yeah. you're amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> if I do say so much. <laughs> <laughs> good, say it. <laughs> you know, it was very distressing to tell her because... You know, I I didn't like she had known about the other family member going through this and yeah. I had seen how much that had affected her and made her feel and I didn't want to put that stress on her. Yeah. So for the longest time I kept that to myself and didn't tell, you know, anyone in my family because I didn't want, you know, they'd been through enough, I felt. And I yeah, also, you know, didn't want to let them down and another burden or anything which that. you're not yeah but <laughs> you know what I mean of course yeah. that's, what, that's what's coming through your yeah. mind yeah yeah so I, I didn't tell her till yeah not long ago but yeah she responded really well and she was very supportive and you know now if I have times where I feel like I'm kind of going down the rabbit hole again or feel a bit uneasy about the situation you know I can just openly discuss it now and not feel like I have to wait till they're in the lounge room and go and yeah you know self-sabotage and yeah. whatever I just you know talk about it openly and then that's you know a good way for me to kind of like not fall back into that pattern yeah I'm so glad that you've had that conversation yeah. with your mom and is that is that something that you'd recommend to tell if someone else is going through this sort of experience would you recommend to open up to other people and it's like a start to kind of help you through dealing with your eating disorder? Yeah, well, I think with a lot of eating disorders, they often start out really, well, they always start out very secretive and, you know, you feel ashamed and you don't want to tell anyone and you don't want anyone to know that you're doing that to yourself. Um, so at first, a lot of people do keep it to themselves and they don't tell anyone. But, you know, I do recommend opening up about it, whether it's to a friend or family or a professional. Yeah, because for the longest time, I didn't tell anyone. And I think that made my anxiety worse because I knew all this stuff was happening. Mm. And I knew I was struggling and I knew I had all this shit to carry, but wasn't willing to hand over the load to anyone else or yeah. you know what I mean again from like the, the fear of yeah so being... it's very like overwhelming when you don't tell anyone because you know that you need help and you know that you need to tell someone you know something needs to be done because otherwise it could you know lead to so many other things yeah I, I definitely recommend telling someone because that's your first step to getting better I feel and how are you feeling at the moment? Do you feel like you're on the path to healing? Yeah, I definitely feel a lot better. I feel like it's a lot more controlled, especially since I've spoken openly about it to so many people. But yeah, no, I, I feel better. You know, occasionally you're going to have your bad days where yeah. you feel like everything you've worked so hard for is kind of going backwards. Mm -hmm. But that's like normal. As mm -hmm. long as you acknowledge that you're going to have bad days just keep you know stay as positive as you can and yeah. push through and just being aware that you know everything isn't going to go perfect is a good thing to keep in mind like yeah. it's not just going to be one straight road and coming back to like the quote that you even came in with today mm, like that's exactly that, why yeah that, that's like, another reason why I chose that one yeah like you are enough mm -hmm. and just remembering that when you are falling back a little bit and being like, I'm enough, this is okay, like, mm -hmm. I'm a human, and right now I'm going through a lot of shit, but I'm just going to keep on pushing. Yeah. 
For sure. Yeah, and just reach out to anyone, just whether that's your GP, a friend, family member, anyone at work, anything like that. Just have a, it doesn't have to be a long conversation, just a brief little check-in with them and with yourself. And you'll be surprised by how people respond. Mm -hmm. You know, people just want you to be okay and Mm -hmm. be happy. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to think differently of you. And if they do judge you, then that's their own insecurity and that's their own shit that they're dealing with. So don't take it personal. What advice, Mads, would you like to give your younger self? If I could give my younger self some advice, I would just let myself know to just be, you know, my true self. And not be worried about what other people might think or what that might look like to others. Yeah. And I would seek advice and support earlier because, you know, as soon as you do that, as soon as you make that step, you're you're setting yourself up for the right direction and the right outcome. And, yeah, I don't know, just exactly what that affirmation card says. Yeah. Do you want to read that affirmation out again? Yeah. So it says, I am enough exactly how I am. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You're beautiful. Stop it. (laughs) Um, Another question I want to ask you, Mads, um, what do you do to help yourself flourish and what tip would you like to give everyone to help themselves flourish? Um, Well, actually, where I got this affirmation quote or card from was a pack of cards that I bought from, I think it's called Kiki K. Yeah. But it has, um, yeah, like a little packet of all these little quotes and positive sayings. And every morning when I get up, I shuffle this pile of cards and I have them face down when I'm shuffling them. And then I spread them out in my hand and I pick the card that is kind of I'm most drawn to Mm -hmm. at that point in time. And I pick it out and I turn it over and I focus on that saying for the day. Yeah, it's really helpful, I find. I've only really incorporated that in the last week or two, but it's really good because you know, it's, I put it on my desk as well. So if I'm in my room, I see it and then yeah. I remind myself and I take a photo normally. And if I forget about it and if I'm at work or, you know, on placement, I can refer back to that image and remind myself of that affirmation. Um, so that's been really helpful. Another thing is just identifying, yeah, your triggers, if you have any, or identifying what makes you uncomfortable or what makes you not feel your best self. Because as soon as you identify that and, like, you can work through that, you can know what's going to make you feel this way or what's, going you know, not going to make you feel this way. I don't know. I guess just being aware of what makes you uncomfortable um, or if you, you know, for example, feeling tired mm. and you know that you get, like, you know, a little bit more agitated when you're tired, just knowing, like, not to, like, you know, if someone asks you to go to dinner and you're tired and you don't push yourself to go to dinner or, yeah. like, because you might feel that that'll just set you up to kind of go spiraling just knowing what works for you and what doesn't finding your boundaries yes and and you know finding the balance in your life as well that's probably the best advice also just doing things which make you happy or make you healthy so whether that's going for walks or like drawing or watching netflix or seeing friends just identifying what makes you happy or even if you like going out into nature and Mm. listening another thing which i found quite quite good um while I was on placement actually is they use a lot of grounding if you're feeling starting to feel overwhelmed or yeah. you know starting to feel like you're struggling or slipping and what they you know suggest doing is sitting in the room that you're in and if you're feeling a type of way um look around the room and name five things and then identify four things that you can hear 
And cool. you know what I mean? Kind of just bringing yourself back to reality. Yeah, like using your senses to bring you back yeah. into your body. Um, and there's more to that process of the grounding, but I can't remember the other three. But that's an example of yeah. things which can help bring you back into the best, you know, version, I guess. Or Yeah. You know. I think it's also like um, three things like you can hear or two things you can smell. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's such good advice. Thank mm, you so much for sharing okay. those. That's all right. I think that will help a lot of people. Yeah. And I just want to personally thank you for being so brave and so courageous to talk about all this stuff with me today. And, you know, this is exactly the sort of platform that can help spread awareness mm-hmm. for women's health in all sorts of forms. Mm-hmm. So thank you for doing that. No, that's okay. I think it's good for everyone to normalise just talking about exactly. things which make you feel uncomfortable or which are quite scary or traumatic times within your life, you know, just yeah making it normal to speak about that yeah and when it comes down to it like we're all meant to have that interaction and talk to different people connect with different people mm-hmm. and, and communicate that's such an important thing yes yeah. definitely it's been a pleasure well, thanks thank for having you. me my pleasure <laughs> i'm going to ask you mad so what is your imperfect you moment that you'd like to share something embarrassing <laughs> something funny I feel like there's plenty of embarrassing <laughs> moments within my life. Um, but one that just happened recently while I was on placement, actually, obviously everyone is aware of COVID mm. happening. And at the hospital that I was at, we have COVID screening at the entrance. Anyway, I was talking to one of the women there and I was filling out the form, you know, my temperature and whatnot. And I was talking to her and as I was talking and walking away, I ran, I ran into the wet floor sign and it tripped over and then I got embarrassed and I picked it up and pressed it back down and then I looked back at her and I, and I giggled and I slipped over in the, in the, in the puddle that the wet floor sign was like, was indicating for and then I stood up and I was so embarrassed and then as I was walking back and looking back at her and laughing I ran into the door oh shit <laughs> I guess it all comes in threes but <laughs> that was very embarrassing but <laughs> oh, I bet that centered you kind of yeah, brought you back <laughs> very humble after that no, no. <laughs> oh thank you for sharing that <laughs> finest moment but (laughs) plenty more to come I'm sure yeah (laughs) thank you everyone for listening I hope you enjoyed um our second episode of flourish and flow and once again thank you Mads for coming on today thank you so much for having me (laughs) and um I just want to say I hope you all find something that helps you flourish in your week bye bye